1: this is the story of harry's for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers then one day an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors he was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving they called it harry's by taking less profit and selling online harry's can offer quality blades for less You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
3: prospect podcast sponsored by number one draft.com clay link alongside lead prospect writer james anderson give james a follow on twitter at real jr anderson i'm at clay w link glad to have you with us uh james gonna be looking at the top 12 hitters uh, in this this year's draft class draft draft of course next week and we're actually going to be pushing next week's pod back to friday so we can recap the first couple rounds
4: yeah that's kind of a no-brainer call right Mm there uh kind of going to be boring to talk about uh, the draft like an hour before it happens and everyone everyone would <laughs> yeah. have listened to it and just heard all the stupid stuff we, we said beforehand. So, yeah, you know, that, that should work out nicely.
3: I'm sure it would, would be stupid because, uh, you know, the, there's really not a lot of a lot of guys set in stone early in the draft. And y- mm-hmm. you have some projected ranges here with these 12 hitters, but uh, the range is pretty, pretty, pretty wide. wide. Pretty wide. I mean, pretty it, wide. Pretty
4: wide. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like there's certain guys where you definitely know that they could go as high as one and they'll almost definitely come off the board in the first 10-12 picks, but then like as you as you'll see when we get down kind of into the middle of this article, some of these guys range outside of the first round just because some of them aren't aren't complete all-around players.
3: Now, just generally, do you think teams are going to make some mistakes and uh take like high school arms a su- ahead of some of these hitters who maybe should go uh, significantly higher? I think it all just
4: comes down to philosophy. Like You're going to have some scouts that will report back and just come to a consensus and say, hey, like, Jason Groom, high school lefty, is the most talented guy in this class and it's not really that close. And Riley Pint might be right up there with him. Uh, high school righty and Yeah, I think you can make that case. Like, if those two guys were to reach their full potential, then they probably are the two best players in this class. But think about the last time a high school ace, you know, rose through the ranks and actually met his ceiling at the big league level or even kind of of came close to his ceiling. I mean, like, Bumgarner did it. uh, Kershaw did it. But, I mean, for every guy like that, there's just – dozens and dozens that don't and just kind of wash it out and maybe you turn them into relievers maybe it's just in uh, some injuries that get them you know like dylan bundy hunter harvey i mean the i mean the the list of guys who have been really high upside arms or and even considered safe high school arms i mean dylan bundy was kind of considered one of the safer high school arms in in years and obviously that hasn't worked out so to me i would i would always go for uh, the position player or a a semi-high upside college arm mm-hmm. uh, which there aren't a ton of in this draft but yeah I, I think the the lure of, of maybe hitting on the next Kershaw or the next Bumgarner or, or something like that might be enough to make a, a few of these teams in the top five swing for the fences
3: yeah I'm with you and I think that that is wise to point out just that it it does all boil down to philosophy, and I'm with you as far as, you know, if I, I were in charge, of course I'm, I'm not, and probably will never be, uh, but I, w- you know, I'd be hesitant, especially with like a top five pick, to take one, one of the and
4: the high school arms in this year's. Look at what the Cubs have done in recent yeah. years. I mean, they've gone college hitter, college hitter, college hitter, and they're they have the best pitching staff in baseball right now. Like they have a historic ERA. And they kind of just kind of cobbled that staff together they <laughs> they obviously hit uh hit one out of the park with Arietta, but the you know the rest of those guys you know they they signed a guy in free agency a couple guys, and then they uh traded you know developed guys i mean it's not you're not you don't need a guy like Kershaw, and even the Dodgers who have Kershaw they haven't won anything with him so <laughs> uh to me, it's just a lot safer to get those those quick to the majors high floor but with some upside. College hitters,
3: yeah, absolutely. And with that in mind, you know, I'm really hoping my Reds uh, do the right thing and get a get a position player with the second overall pick. And I saw in John Mayo's latest mock draft on MLB.com, Jonathan Mayo, uh, he he had the Reds picking Nick Sensel, uh, third baseman out of Tennessee. And you say here in in your article that he might go as high as number two, but you see him somewhere going like middle to to top ten, middle of the top ten. Uh, what is the? You say he's a, a plus defender, but what's the offensive skill set looking like with Nick Sensel? Uh,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he's quite a uh, plus defender, but I mean, he's got he's got crazy bat speed. Uh, really just rips the ball. Just kind of kind of just destroys the baseball. Gap to gap with some potential, you know, twenty twenty five homer power down the road. Uh, I kind of think he's. He sort of reminds me of what like Mike Mustakis was supposed to be, where it's just, you know, brute strength and and actually some sneaky speed. Like Senzel could be a, a ten to twelve steals guy initially, and he's one of those guys where, you know, as long as you just you could put him at you put him at third base, as long as you're not too picky about his glove and and making it uh, a plus at the position. He could move really quickly because I think the the hit tools that advanced and the the power, and and the speed. I mean, it's just a, a really well rounded offensive package.
3: Nice. Well, I mean, I I feel like the package looks looks pretty good from what I see as far as you know the power at a corner spot like that. Uh, yeah, he's interesting. You, you say the safest college hitter on the board though is Corey Ray out of Louisville, an outfielder. Uh, where do you think he he maybe lands and what's his his carrying skill
4: well he doesn't really have that one big time plus tool except maybe if you wanted to view his approach as a tool that that's pretty plus i mean he's he's walked as much as he struck out i think at at louisville so far this year he could really go anywhere from one all the way down i mean i i to me as as a Brewers fan I'd, I'd be pretty bummed if he was sitting there at five and they didn't take him but mm-hmm. I, I've definitely heard that they they might be higher on Delvin Perez so I mean it's possible that if he keeps sliding you know the Rockies always do funky stuff with how they decide to evaluate players based on their off-field uh, stuff and uh, you know some of these teams are, are definitely targeting pitching so if Corey Ray's sitting there and a team and the the pitcher that the team was hoping would fall to them is also sitting there then they might just they might continue to slide all the way down but uh yeah i mean i I think he could go as high as one if i had to guess i'd say he goes somewhere in that that five to ten range probably just based on the fact that he hasn't really been strongly linked to any of those teams in the top four
3: that is interesting well you mentioned ray is maybe a fit with the Brewer's another player linked to Milwaukee in some mocks. Delvin Perez, shortstop out of Puerto Rico. Uh would you prefer would you prefer Ray over over a guy like Perez? Uh definitely
4: for fantasy. I, I, I think the case for Perez is that he's really the only uh shortstop that is Projected to go in the first round, like the only guy that everyone agrees can stick at shortstop, and that that seems that's pretty rare. I think you know, I mean, usually you'll see even some college steps without that much upside go in the first round just because they they're probably gonna stick there. Perez is definitely gonna stick there. He's got plus speed already. He's from Puerto Rico, six foot three. So I think the whole uh, Lindor, Correa, you know, comps that are, are really lazy just because they're all Puerto Rican. I think those will they'll probably inflate his value in Dynasty Leagues. But the, the two question marks with him are the, the power on the hit tool, which for our purposes is a little concerning, obviously, if, if those are the two question marks. I think there are definitely some people, though, that think he can hit, and he's got the projectable type of frame to, to grow into some power. So if he maxes out, I think I'd prefer Perez over Ray. But Ray, to me, is just so safe, and he's going to move quickly, presuming he goes to an organization where that he's not going to be held down because of uh anyone at the big league level the fact that he can handle he has the speed to play center field he's got the arm to handle right field uh i mean that that means he can play anywhere in the outfield and that that could help him kind of bypass any any blockades at the big league level
3: yeah that's definitely a player i'll be interested to see where he falls and yeah just given it, you know the likelihood that he does stick it short strong likelihood uh, I think he will be a, somewhat of a hot commodity. Wouldn't see, be surprised to see him go top five. But just while we're on the topic of, of the Brewers, I want to ask you about a guy that we saw recently on our minor league trip, just one year older than Delvin Perez. Esan Diaz. Uh, really kind of you know not doing much at, at low A right now. We saw him hit an oppo shot, which was really impressive. Um, but the number's not there. Not all that concerning for an 18-year-old, but any chance he maybe moves down your ranks uh, in the near future?
4: Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys are going to move down because the next update's coming right after this draft, oh, so nice. we'll, we'll okay. be pumping in all these guys into that top 200. Uh, Diaz, you know, I, I think it is a bit surprising that he he got off to such a strong start, mm-hmm. and, and you don't usually see guys uh, that are just getting into the Midwest so get off to that kind of start, especially as 18-year-olds, and then have it kind of trickle off i've now seen two of his three home runs in person which is <laughs> kind of <laughs> says uh stuff about how lucky i've been in terms of those trips and also kind of odd that that those have mm-hmm. only come when i've been there uh pretty much i mean have you are you asking because someone's trying to sell them to you and Steph, no actually
3: League? <laughs> <laughs> well i you know derek van Riper reached out about some some players and I was looking at his minor league crop and he does have Diaz. So I started looking at the numbers and I was a little discouraged.
4: Yeah. It, it's the problem with Diaz for dynasty leagues is that the uh, the ETA mm-hmm. is not to uh, really be, I mean, you can't beat around the bush. It's going to be probably four years before he's in the big league. So in that sense, you know, you have to probably pump the brakes a little bit. I When I first saw him and on those, those last updates, he was really kind of above average at the plate, and for uh, for a guy that age to be doing that in Low A was was very impressive. Now he's obviously kind of below average in that in that department, struggling a little bit. I still really think the the approach is solid. I think he's gotten a little unlucky on some balls in play, but uh, yeah, he'll probably be moving down.
3: Well, let's move on to Kyle Lewis, outfielder uh, from Mercer, and you mentioned here that he might have the most intriguing fantasy tool of any hitter in the draft. Check out Rain uh James's Farm Futures piece for yourself, rotowire dot com slash radio for a free ten day trial. Uh and yeah, the power with with Lewis, certainly intriguing. Sheer power potential uh from this kid. Does he have the the approach though to to allow that power to play?
4: I think he. I think he does. I mean, I think he's got the the hit tool and the contact skills to to allow it to play. I think there is definitely going to be some swing and miss. I mean, he's he's a big boy, six four. Uh, just you, you just have to watch him take batting practice, and the it's it's kind of obvious how big the raw power is. And you know, I think it's it's a sixty right now. I could see a, throwing a future seventy on it, hmm. and you know, at that point that's easily the most intriguing uh asset in this draft for a fantasy purpose because there's there's plenty of 70 runners in the draft but there aren't any 70 runners that are locks to be able to hit mm-hmm. enough to to get to that speed and and i think lewis is a pretty safe bet to at least turn into a, a 30 homer bat now whether the average is uh you know, two seventy, two eighty, or two forty, two fifty
3: probably determines just how valuable he is down the road. It's a very interesting player here, and you know, I, I saw him mock to the Braves, and I feel like that yeah, at number three. I feel like that'd be a pretty perfect fit because they've been you know, since John Hart has taken over as president of baseball operations, really focusing on stockpiling young arms. So getting uh, a, a decent bat and a power bat, especially, I think, is pretty key.
4: They've been, I I think they're gonna take one of the high school arms personally <laughs> just just based on other stuff they've done and trades and and the type of stuff that they i think they're just they're so desperate to hit it out of the park with a with an yeah. arm it seems and to be what their I def- philosophy i definitely think if jason grooms there at three they'll take him and <laughs> i think that's definitely possible because aj puck is borderline from what i can tell he's a lock to go one or two i think the reds are going to take him if he's there at two and i think he's probably the favorite to go number one if i mean it's going to be between him and mickey moniac probably and i think he
3: should go that high
4: i just think teams are so desperate for pitching that Mm. the idea of a big lefty like that who could get to the majors in a couple years is is going to be pretty intriguing for a lot of teams i you know he's he's not a lock to he's really not a lock to be anything. I, honestly, like the the control's pretty iffy. He doesn't have a plus breaking ball right now. He's got a plus fastball, but he he's he's got a, a solid solid average slider, uh, average changeup. So I mean, if that control doesn't tick forward, and he doesn't develop those secondaries into at least one plus offering. Uh, he's not a lock to even stick in the rotation. So, I mean, to me, I'm I'm just all position player all the way in the top ten, especially I think in in the mid-teens. Then it makes sense to start rolling the dice on some high upside arms. But uh, there's, there's enough fairly safe position players in this draft to me where I, if I was picking top five or top ten, I'd probably lean that way.
3: Man, I really do hope Puck goes number one because I don't want the Reds to be – to be tempted. That
4: just wouldn't be there. that fun. You no, know. that'd be really you wanna lame. Get, you want to get like a, a really fun hitter in there. Especially
3: but. after their recent drafts, like Nick Howard. Yeah. Uh, I guess they got Tyler Stevenson last year. But I, I want a flashy pick with, with number <laughs> number two. I need some excitement. I mean, this has been a, a miserable season so far for Reds fans. Uh, yeah, I, I hope, you know, that they make the most of this pick, and then next year, though, they should be picking – one or two again, uh, more than likely. <laughs> Let's talk about Will Craig, 21-year-old first baseman on a Wake Forest. You have a pretty wide range for him, 18 uh, to 40. And you kind of point out that it's maybe his defensive limitations that could cause him to fall. But offensively, what does Will Craig bring to the table?
4: He's he's our kind of guy for, for fantasy. I mean, this is a guy that played third base in college but is probably going to be a first baseman or a DH in the big leagues. Uh could be a plus hitter could have plus power a really good approach he's gonna walk a lot i mean he, he's basically gonna be what aj reed is nice. I, I think like that that's that's probably uh not not a crazy estimation and, and obviously aj reed isn't anything yet i mean he's still at triple a but uh, i think those are the types of numbers craig's capable of putting up and the fact that he offers no real defensive values gonna push him down i, I still think he probably goes late first round though
3: very interesting. Yeah, you say he has the potential to hit 300 with 30 homers in his peak, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a very valuable fantasy commodity uh, to be sure. By the way, just since you mentioned him, when are, when are we going to see Reed? Is it this time? Soon, less than a month.
4: Soon, baby. He's he's <laughs> heatin, so. he's heating up. He's heating up for AAA. Him up. I mean, I saw they batted Tony Kemp at DH uh, today <laughs> or yesterday, oh, and, and I love Tony Kemp, but I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> that, like for Reed's, it's it's really it. Honestly, he could be up by the next time we're talking. Like, yeah. so I don't. This is don't cut Reed, don't trade Reed, trade for him if you can. But uh, I think he'll be up very soon.
3: By the way, Derek Van Riper recently put up his personal top three fifty for the rest of the season, and uh, of course some prospects on there. And we're gonna have ours uh, do at the end of this month for a, a July first round table. Uh, update of course you got guys like reed and and trey turner any other prospects that you think could be like top 350-ish player the rest of the way snell maybe
4: snell f- snell for sure actually i i think he's got to be in there cody reed uh, i don't think so no. honestly, i honestly like... like the
3: reds owe it to to, <laughs> to bring him up as soon as that super two day pass
4: i was kind of looking I was looking at some guys maybe to target and stake to kind of um, ensure that I'm a, I'm a buyer and
3: sheer buying <laughs>
4: my sheer buying potential is, <laughs> is off the charts right now. But I, I couldn't really find anyone. Like I'm mm. honestly, I I think I'll probably be cutting Josh Bell this week really because he's really kind of cooled off at AAA a and John J. So continues to be a, you know, on track to be a two or three win player at first base for them, which is, which is solid. I mean, I've seen him make some nice defensive plays as well.
3: You, I, you mentioned kind of empty for fantasy. Purposes.
4: He's been empty. Well, I mean, yeah, it, look, I, I could take a guy that's hitting three, an empty 300 and in, in my sheer buying <laughs> uh, lineup, but you know, yeah, for our, for our main event lineup, that, that average has been pretty empty, but you know, why not just, keep rolling him out there as Mm -hmm. long as he's playing well i mean i think if the batting average were to dip to like 265 or something like that then you probably see them make that move but i mean if it doesn't like josh bell is not going to be worse because he stayed in triple a all year yeah
3: that's that's a very good call yeah i'm trying to think of some you know i picked up bregman in that league for like four bucks last week just as a flyer i like
4: i like the idea of owning bregman in Mm -hmm. in a deep league like 16 teams or deeper I just don't think he's a guy I'd rank on a top 350.
3: Yeah, I think that might be a little risky. What about Orlando Garcia? Because I, I see I mean, Derek fit him in at 332. So just I, think,
4: I think that's fair. I don't know. I, I don't really see why they would bring him up, uh, especially before July. Mm-hmm. So that said, I, I do think he's going to hit when he's up. I don't think he's a guy that's going to have a steep learning curve against big league pitching, I think. You can at least bank on a 270 average probably and you know in that lineup there there's a way for him to easily get into the first or second spot probably if he's hitting so uh you know maybe 10 steals if he gets called up in early july i i could see the case for it i just also think there's a scenario where we don't see him till september
3: yeah i'm with you there well let's move on here on your article talk about blake rutherford uh High school bat here, nineteen year old, uh, out of California. You have his pick range, expected pick range at, at four through thirteen. Uh, you mentioned here that he has the potential to have you know plus power, speed, and hit tool. You know, in time, uh, decent offensive ceiling. But is there's you know significant downside with with a high school bat like this?
4: I think as high school bats go, he's fairly safe. Uh, but he's still going to be a guy that. You know, probably someone that I would rank lower coming in than like a guy like Clint Frazier when he came in, and Clint Fraser's still at Double A, you know. So uh, it's obviously gonna it takes high school guys a while. Like it, I I mentioned, there's there's not a high school hitter in this draft that kind of measures up to guys in past drafts, like even Brendan Rodgers last year. Brendan Rodgers would be the by far the top. Fantasy high school hitter in this draft, yeah. and uh, Rutherford is is not quite on that level, and he doesn't play shortstop, so I, I like him more than the rest of the high schoolers. But he's he's still a guy who's going to be three or four
3: years away at least. It's very interesting. Yeah, he's well, you know, it looks like you know the Reds Reds will have better options, obviously, so they're not going to take him. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see where where Rutherford falls because uh, I feel like. You know, we talk about teams wanting to knock it out of the park with with the with an arm. I mean, Rutherford. If you want to knock it out of the park with with a hitter, I mean, long ways away. But he, do you think he might have among the highest ceilings of all players in this draft?
4: Um, he's probably up there. Yeah, I think for big league purposes, – there's probably going to be a lot of teams that would take Mickey Moniak over him because Moniak's going to stay in center field, and Rutherford's going to move to a corner, possibly even left field. So, you know, that's obviously not a not a guy teams are going to be having on their board and at the highest upside level because of what they're not going to offer on defense. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, there's some freaky athletes down the board here. Guys like Buddy Reed, Will Benson. Um, Anthony Greer I mean there, there's some some freaky athletes that that might have more upside if if their hit tool kind of gets gets to 60 just because of what they can do power and speed wise but but I think Rutherford has the the best chance uh, among the high school guys of being a, a top 50 fantasy pick someday
3: interesting well let's talk about you mentioned Mickey Moniak let's talk about him a little bit because you know you mentioned that he has a good chance to stick in center but is this a guy who ha- has you know the tools to really make a big fantasy impact in time
4: so my prediction for Moniac is that he's going to go super high in this draft and then everyone's going to be talking about him as like the guy to own from this mm. draft uh i mean I, I think people people know that Corey Ray is is probably the guy but i mean there's going to be people talking about Moniac too and i like him I think he's got a, like, I've heard people say he's got the best hit tool in the draft, including the college bats, which is obviously very important, uh, but he's not going to hit for much power at all, really. I mean, I think 12, 15 homers would probably be a uh, best-case scenario, and to me, he kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of a guy like Austin Meadows, who just sort of... Is really impressive if you're if you're a scout or you're just trying to rank a guy that just kind of looks the part on the field, but for fantasy purposes, there just might not be a ton there, other than a high batting average. I think the 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 speed could be could be twenty steel speed, you know, especially given the the on base potential. But uh, I think he's going to be a guy that gets pretty overrated in the fantasy community.
3: Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I'll be interested to see where all these guys land in your updated top 200 once uh, they've landed on their specific team. But uh, Moniac especially because I feel like he, you know, when you look at, at him and then compare him to, like, MLB.com, I think there there could be a, a fairly significant difference because he just might yeah. not be a big fantasy difference. Maker.
4: He's the type of guy that for sure, like, on, like, MLB.com or, like, Keith Law's updated list or whoever, whoever you're looking at, like, they might throw Moniac like, Around number twenty or something like that after this draft, which is obviously not what we're gonna do.
3: Absolutely. Well let me just ask you quick before we move on to any of these high school bats come with any signability concerns? Uh, you know of?
4: None of the guys that I mentioned, um let's see Because uh, you have
3: like Josh Lowe, three or five to thirty projected range, which isn't like crazy, but
4: Yeah, he's got he's got a He's got the type of upside where if you wanted to to really roll the dice, I think he could go in the top ten. But
3: but most of these kids should be able to be yeah. Away from yeah. College.
4: I don't I don't see any big issues in the the top thirty or forty. Uh, yeah, I think I think all the guys that we're we're most concerned with, guys that would end up in the top two hundred if drafted, are, are all
3: going to sign. Let's talk about Will Benson uh, out of Georgia high school. Projected range twenty four to forty. Big boy here, six foot six, two twenty. Did you mention that he is a pretty good, you know, athletic specimen? Here? He's
4: he gets a lot of Jason Hayward comps because <laughs> he kind of looks like him physically, six six, uh, but and and from the left side,
3: and and some speed too, right?
4: Yeah, a little bit of speed. Uh, the the big thing that I'm interested in is the long term power because you know he's seventeen right now and he's already 220 pounds. Yeah. Like this is a guy that might end up moving to first base long-term, especially just considering the way that body could could grow. And if, he, if that hit tool comes around, I mean, we could be looking at a, a monster like middle-of-the-order threat four or five years down the road here. It's just going to be very interesting to kind of see how he matures physically and how that hit tool develops. But just based on the tools – Um, I mean right now he's a he's a borderline plus runner two years from now he might be a below average runner you know so it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the tools progress with him but the upside is definitely there
3: very very interesting I think he's yeah just you know obviously you haven't seen him but you you look at the measurables kind of jump off the page I think he'll be enticing to a lot of teams before we move on James any other players that you mentioned here that you really want to want to touch on uh
4: you know Buddy Reed is a guy that I think is he's kind of the college will benson uh he he has kind of all of like if if you were just writing up a scouting report on him and you left out the part about him being twenty one and a college junior, everyone would just assume he's a high upside college bat because he's got you know seventy seventy runner he's six four plays center field could grow into a decent amount of power. But the, the approach needs a lot of work. The hit tool is kind of an issue right now. So he he's going to be one of the slower-moving college bats. But just based on the upside, he's still a guy that, that warrants being valued as a top 200 guy.
3: Very cool. Well, again, check out James's latest Farm Futures piece and all of his work, com slash radio for a free 10-day trial. No credit card required, no strings attached. James, uh, you know, you've, you're obviously uh, – big nba guy and you've done some nba mocks do you want to go on record at all as far as you know what you think shakes how the first five picks phillies (laughs) reds braves rockies brewers how those shake out (laughs) uh on the spot here
4: yeah yeah let's do that i can do that um this is legitimately on the spot because I have not <laughs> not thought this through. I mean,
3: through. that's the thing. These are so fluid. I don't think anybody has a great idea how right. it's
4: going to shake out. Uh, I, will say, I will say the Phillies take Mickey Moniak at one.
3: Hmm. I don't, don't do it. I don't want to wanna be it. Don't <laughs> do it to me. I don't
4: want to do it, but... Um, <laughs>
3: Reds taking. I think Puck.
4: I think the Reds take AJ Puck at two. I think the Braves take Groom at three. And then four is four is interesting. I think I think the I think the Rockies could take Riley Pint at four. And then I think the Brewers would take Delvin Perez at five.
3: Hmm. Well, we won't hold you to it. Definitely if don't. <laughs> and
4: and. Yeah and let's let's not even try to remember what that was <laughs> yeah. unless i unless i think up. i got unless it right then we'll, then we'll then we'll run it back
3: if you nail them next week we'll, we'll definitely pump pump it back.
4: i think i i do think there's a legit chance that three pitchers go in that top five just because of the way that i mean just look at like the way they're valued in free agency yeah. and i mean it it's just it's a pitcher's world a pitcher's right world. now you know world like 11, if you're if you're a pitcher then you're gonna get paid and uh you know, more power to them. I, I just hope hope for nothing but safety and, and health for for those young guys in their arms. But I, it just it's, it's enough to definitely scare me away.
3: Yeah, same here. I I'm with you. I mean, it makes perfect. You know, it makes some sense given the market to, to go after these these pitchers. But again, as you mentioned, what the Cubs have done, I, I kind of hope more teams follow and, that formula.
4: And the thing is, is you're going to have a lot of scouting directors saying, "Hey, there's not a." There's not like a, a surefire first division bat available to us here like the, this guy if if we develop him and he and he stays relatively healthy he could be a number two or number one starter for us so I think you're gonna have a lot of kind of pushback on the idea of of taking the safe hitter who maybe is just a guy that hits like 270 20 homers gets on base at like a 340 clip i mean that that's not necessarily the guy you want to walk away with with a top five pick but to me I think you just got to kind of take what's there. I mean, it, just because there's not a superstar hitter doesn't mean you want to set your franchise back by taking a, a really
3: high-risk high-school pitcher and have his arm fall off. Yeah, I'm with you. Guys, a couple quick words from our sponsors. The old days of fantasy sports are over. So get with the times and join number one number one offers a new way to play fantasy sports. number one offers daily and weekly contests for MLB and NBA with NFL launching this fall. Tired of late scratches or rainouts resulting in a goose egg for one of your players? Number one draft is revolutionizing the daily fantasy sports industry with the launch of bench leagues. Bench leagues include a bench warmer, an additional player outside of the starting lineup that you choose as a backup at a specific position. They will battle it out to be in the lineup with the player who accrues the most points sticking in your lineup. Simply put, if your player performs, they play. Sign up with promo code LAUNCH, that's L-A-U-N-C-H, to receive a 100% matching bonus up to $200. Go to number one draft and sign up now. And do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com no matter what business you're in? Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. And do you have a pick of for a guy who may be the biggest steal in the early rounds? Do you think it's Will Craig given the, the offensive
4: ability? Uh, no, but just because, I mean, yeah, you got to – Well, for for fantasy, Craig Craig's the type of guy, though, for fantasy where – he might be just underrated everywhere mm-hmm. and you can get him like i i think he's a clear top 5 hitter from this draft for fantasy you might be able to get him outside the top 7 or 8 just based on where he goes in the draft uh you know there's there's some you know Anf- anthony greer is a guy i didn't even mention here but he's a guy who uh college hitter with with a ton of speed super super great athlete probably top three or four athlete in this draft uh he's probably going to fall a little bit based on questions about the the hit tool i, I think there's enough upside there and you know i think buying into athletes to me is just as good of an investment and in, as buying into pitchers high school pitchers specifically so i mm-hmm. think anthony greer is a guy who might fall out of the first round or maybe even outside the top 50 picks who who would be worth yeah. a top 15 spot in terms of hitters in this draft for fantasy
3: very very interesting well james again we're gonna be recapping the early rounds of the draft on next week's podcast Push back to friday just so that we you know have information to go on obviously and also pick by pick updates going up on the site musings from yourself uh jesse siegel um who am I forgetting? Adam Wolf, mm-hmm. And I'm going to write a few as well. Real time, I mean, as these picks happen, we're going to get notes posted. So, yeah, if you want to follow along, get get uh, some some insight on, on these players as they're picked and, and team specific, you know, there will be some team context added in there as well. Uh, definitely check out the site and follow along. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be late. Uh, that will do it for the prospect portion of the pod. Going to be grading out our latest hip-hop artist, on the 20 to 80 scouting scale, grading the five tools we've established for evaluating hip-hop artists, lyricism flow, longevity, impact swag, and then an overall grade, 20 to 80 scouting scale again. And we're grading Talib to Kweli today, somebody who I think is, is kind of slept on by the the more casual hip-hop community.
4: Yeah, he. there was definitely a sweet spot where if you were listening to hip-hop, uh, probably in the like early 2000s
3: yeah the lyricist lounge yeah lyricist lounge
4: raucous records that whole kind of vibe you definitely know about Quali and everything like that but if you missed that either on one side or the other then you probably don't even have a clue uh but you did high
3: tech did you ever listen to high tech oh yeah i mean mean, Quali and high tech
4: that that's yeah that's probably one of my that's probably Quali's best or second best album Uh, yeah
3: and high technology the high, the DJ High Tech kind of solo albums. I say solo because it's, you know, his name, but it's really uh, kind of the raucous Lyricist uh-huh. Lounge community rapping over his beats. He's doing a little rapping, right. but, yeah, High Tech and, and quality getting, uh, you know, had a real nice run there for a little while, a little bit of a limited window, and we'll touch on that with longevity, but let's start with lyricism. I got a 60, you got a 65. Again, you know, these lyrics... Kind of subtle in a way, but also uh in terms of content and rhyme scheme, I'd say a plus tool
4: yeah he's he's definitely a kind of political rapper uh so you're not you're definitely getting different types of lyrics than than you'll see with some of the other guys we've graded um, and it's interesting just to even if you just go back like uh you know. Ten years or so he was still doing stuff with guys like kanye west and and that type of thing and then he really just kind of fell off like i think you know he he probably was getting all the critical acclaim that that you get you could really hope for but he wasn't really selling albums the way that the record companies would like and at that point he just kind of fell off I, i think i remember listening to 2007's eardrum for a little bit, and and that was was an okay album, but I haven't actually heard anyone talk about anything he's released since then. Even though hmm. uh, Wikipedia is telling me he's, he's released like six or seven albums since then, but yeah, yeah. I mean sol- one with
3: Ninth Wonder apparently last yeah. year. I had no idea.
4: Solid, solid, ly- uh, plus lyricist for me. I think yeah, I think lyricist. he he de- he never had any lines where I was just like, what are you what are yeah. you talking about? Just like,
3: eye rollers, you know. yeah, exactly. And you mentioned Train of Thought, really good. Lyrical album. I also thought Black Star, the collab album with Most Def, he really kind of showed Most Def up. Lyrically. Yeah,
4: I think so. Uh, Quality is an excellent solo album. Beautiful Struggle is an excellent solo album. So those those would be the four I would check out if you're not uh, not up on Quality's, the, the first four albums on his discography.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. Now let's move on to Flow. I got a 45, you got a 55. Not a plus tool for me, but almost like with Lyricism, it's like a little it's a little bit easy to... To downgrade because it doesn't you know, it doesn't knock you off your feet, but it's it's steady, it's consistent, yeah. and it at least works for him with the plus lyrics. I
4: think he's he's kinda like a you know, a solid number three starter where you just you just kinda <laughs> yeah. run him out there, uh doesn't kill you, gives you no. Keeps gives you, in you the game. Yeah, gives you a hundred and eighty, two hundred innings, uh, a lot of quality starts <laughs> mixed in there. Uh but but probably not tossing any like twelve K gems or anything like that.
3: No. And maybe a short career. Uh, I mean, he's still going, but at least as far as being uh, a, major, a number three starter. I mean, maybe he's now like a, a swing man. <laughs> uh, and we're I mean, thinking, thinking about he's, quality, he's probably a
4: scout somewhere.
3: <laughs> and that's that's factors into longevity. Great, I got thirty five. You got a forty five. Again, you know, quite a few albums, a lot of good work, but. Uh, that window closed, and it, it seems like not only did the window close, but the skills kind of slipped too. You know, the I don't want like I don't
4: want to say that because I haven't listened to anything. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't listened to anything he's done recently, so I don't want to say the skills are gone. But uh, he's definitely not moving any units, and <laughs> you know, he had a six based on. I, th- I think he had a solid six year run where where he was very relevant and and pumping out uh, some quality stuff almost yeah. almost annually. So I. I i'm fine with getting a 45 there
3: yeah and the work on on lyricist lounge and you know not just the solo work the collaborative work with most def high tech and others uh definitely a good library all in all but the, the window in terms of time kind of shut in a hurry you know i didn't realize he and high tech had a had a follow-up collab album, revolutions per minute I might yeah have to give that a listen.
4: i remember i remember seeing that and just kind of being scared you know how i get like scared uh scared off by like guys trying to kind of dig deep for like (laughs) that oh like here's
3: i get i I get suckered in yeah like you like
4: like supreme clientele too like i like that's that's just terrifying to me like i don't i don't (laughs) i don't don't want any i'm pumped for that i
3: heard he was recording i was jacked but you're probably right
4: um yeah so I, i i don't know about that i haven't listened to it as i said eardrums the last album of his i listened to but i mean when they were kind of doing stuff i mean when high tech was on top of his game as a producer i mean he was he was as good as anyone
3: now impact i got a 40 you got a 50 and you mentioned you know did some work with kanye do you think he might have had more of a impact than we think on guys like kanye and some of the guys coming up now
4: yeah i mean definitely uh you know kanye west chance the rapper guys like that who aren't as uh aren't as into rapping about um you know like drugs and and women on like every single song i mean gotta gotta do that a little bit obviously to, to keep the people happy but uh, and
3: being you know really taking your craft serious yeah
4: yeah and and really you know i i think there was definitely a Probably a section of hip hop that we're not even that familiar with, kind of indie indie hip hop all over the country that was probably greatly affected by him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he may not have uh, he may not get a ton of shout outs or even get many of his lyrics bitten by anyone that often, but I, I definitely think there were plenty of people still still working that that listened to a lot of his early stuff.
3: Yeah, and a guy like you know Dave Chappelle, who was putting on a guy like Kanye on his show, I'm pretty sure he had Quali on. On the Chappelle Show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on to swag, right? We are, Yeah, well, yeah, because 40 for me for Impact, 50 for you. Swag, now, maybe I'm being a little harsher, but I got 35. You got a 45. Um, I remember some of his videos, you know, he's just kind of a guy. Not somebody <laughs> <He's> that's <just laughs> really... Kind of I mean, the lyrics were good and I mean, all, but he was just yeah. kind of not somebody that, you know... When you're younger, you know you, you kind of look up and go, man these guys are so cool they're just they're rich, they're getting all the women in the world but, and quali was more subtle, but also you know just because he wasn't so flashy, you kind of discount a little bit in your head.
4: Yeah, I've actually been to a quali show. Uh, oh nice
3: I didn't know that
4: that that was pretty tight. Uh, you know he he's the thing is like if you're gonna rap that way and like rap about that type of stuff. Like, there's not really that much room for you to showcase to any swag. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think to kind of do it the way he did it, I mean, he he was kind of making, I think he he had more swag than you might have thought just yeah. looking at the lyrics on page. Like, I think he's got, to me, he's got more swag than a guy like Common or something yeah, like no,
3: that. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. And he's probably just, like, didn't want to, like, didn't feel the need to show show it off. Like, yeah. I'm sure he's doing just fine uh, yeah, him, so. yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So not a plus tool, and overall, I got a forty-five. You got a, a fifty-five, but I, I kind of had to put him on par with, with a guy like Shine. Different, different caliber of rapper, but I think, given, well, you know what, I got to bump up to a fifty. He deserves more than Shine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have him. I have him on par with a guy like Future, which I think I think that's about right. I think those guys are actually going to have very similar sort of windows in terms of length. That's probably true. Uh, you know, fifty-five to me is a guy that, when he was doing it, it was it was definitely something that you kind of listened to all of it, and then it may not have lasted all that long. But there's there's definitely a, a good ten twenty tracks that you can go back and say, hey, that was that was really excellent stuff.
3: No, I'm with you. So now that I got him at a fifty, now he's on par with DMX and Juvenile, <laughs> and yeah, the, you Which, know, those guys couldn't be much a, more different. Yeah, that's
4: yeah. that's a crazy range,
3: right Couldn't there. be much more different, but in terms of you know history i think that's hip-hop? right though i, I think, think that's, that's about right it's about right i mean much respect to all those guys but i think that's you know if we're, we're tiering tearing rappers i think those guys kind of fall on the same tier well james good stuff as always thank you for your insight uh and we'll do it again next week friday again tomorrow spore and zola with you
1: is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.